conversation with NFL Network's Charles Davis. Brought to you by Premier Golf Centers. Now with Charles Davis, here's Jason Puckett and the Gas Man. Welcome to second hour of the radio program. Puckett Gas with you. Charles Davis joining us right now on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Brought to you by, of course, our good friends at Premier Golf. for their 12 great courses around the area. Talking all things. We've been talking about the draft. We, we did a recap of the draft last week. Now talking all things NFL. We've had Charles for a few more visits during uh, this offseason. Stay tuned to the end because, of course, Charles' favorite thing, and it's his favorite thing on radio, all the interviews he does, is we give him a 60-second great movie clip uh, there from the 1980s. Charles, the big news out here has been, of course, a baseball team. Our James Paxton, yeah. our, our Canadian pitcher, throwing a no-hitter uh, last night now. We have a great poll question up there uh, in terms of what has given him strength uh, to throw that no-hitter. One of the key things he gave up in the offseason was dairy. He's given, He said dairy's a big part of why I've been a better pitcher this year. Charles, what are you willing to give up to become an even to, better broadcaster? To make yourself better, yeah. Charles. Yeah, what are you going to give up? Make myself better? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Trying to think of, I'm trying huh? to think of the things yeah. that you know what he's going to say. Be having that I'm having. You yeah. know, you know, what you should say, Charles. You should say this show. <laughs> no, I'm going to give no. up this show to make myself about? better. <laughs> what are you talking about? I have a blast oh, on yeah. this show. In case you can't tell, <laughs> and it's not. And just for just for the record, it's not just the '80s movies part, but the idea that you guys thought about doing the '80s movies oh. part is mm. absolutely awesome. So I love that part. Um, I would be willing to give up. Sweets, ice cream, oh. all that stuff. My my biggest problem is I've got a sweet tooth yeah, that's that tough. will not stop. Yeah. yeah, and I'm telling you, it's you know, sliding into an airplane seat right now, not good for me. Yeah, that's, that, that's no, when you lose a little weight. When you lose a little weight, that's the best feeling in the world. Is when you get on the airplane and go, I could actually fit into this seat right now and not be a. You know, have a seatbelt's not all the way pulled yeah, out. I don't have a fat avalanche going over the the. the, the <laughs> The rest into you know the middle funny, seat. Finally, you know it's funny. You know it's funny about bringing that up. I have a friend um, at one of the places I work out. She is a flight attendant, and I asked her because I remember the Seinfeld routine about you know if you haven't been in a car since like 1962, maybe you don't know how to do the seatbelt. But other than that, why are we doing this all the time? And I asked her. I said, you know, just how real is that? And she said, unfortunately. Not as real as he wants it to be. She said, "Every flight I have people who don't don't, don't know how to do the seatbelt on a flight." So it, it, just, it just threw right. me because I thought, "Yeah, that's pretty pretty common stuff, right? Why do we have to yeah. go through this spiel all the time?" Because when you're a frequent flyer, you know, and I am for fortunately because of my job, I feel like the announcements are incessant. You know, and yeah. what drives me absolutely blotto is when the pilot comes on and says, "We've begun our initial descent." You know, you know, and, and we're going to be down and such and such. As soon as he or she gets off the the mic, a flight attendant picks up the mic and tells you the exact same thing. Well, or, or they go, like, "Hey, why did why yeah. are we doing this twice? Yeah, they told We've done us, it already. They told us to tidy up the cabin early." I heard one the other day that just cracked me up. I heard one, the, and I honestly, I wanted to stand up and ask who had done this, but I decided why create a disturbance. They get on the the, the flight attendant gets on the the thing. We're about thirty minutes from landing, and Ken goes, uh, "Ladies and gentlemen." So many of you have asked us about our American Airlines credit card oh, yeah. program that we're going to tell you a few things. I'm like, no, no we now, have it. Now, wait a minute. Which one of you idiots asked a question about the credit card <laughs> and they're program? They're walking around. Come like, on. They're like the guys outside of Vegas on the strip, yeah. you know, with the, with yeah. the, with the, the porn with the, slappers. <laughs> Come on, yeah. who wants a credit card? Yeah. I'll tell you right now, your answer, the answer to your question is 
No one asked. Uh, right, right. That's, right. A, that's, that's right. a lock. And I did ask my flight attendant friend, I said, so so when when you have to do that, she said, no one wants to do it. Yeah. She said, we know. We, sure, we, we know. Sure. It's part of the job. We have to do it. But she said, have you noticed how fast most of us move up and down the aisle? Sure, yeah. we kind of, We've gotten to the point now where you, they hold them out, fanned out like it's a stack of playing cards. Mm-hmm. And they just walk down the aisle, and most of them don't even say, they just kind of look at you and, like, I know you're going to say no, I know you're going to say no, I know you're going to say no. Right. I've yet to see anyone go, hey, I, I want one. I've not seen that yet. I'm still waiting. Charles, again, Charles Davis joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, brought to you by our great friends at Premier Golf, NFL Network on Fox Sports. The big news here, other than the big, uh, other than uh, James Paxson throwing his no-hitter last night, Cliff Averill announcing uh, that he failed his physical, and the Seahawks yeah. um, uh, designated him to fail that physical is no longer part of the team. He is joining this show. I don't know if you know that, right. Charles. He's joining I did, I did us. Read that. Yeah, from uh, ten to one. Congratulations! Yeah, he starts in yeah. July, so hopefully, when you join us again, see, I'm putting you on the spot. When you join us again in the yeah. fall for a weekly visit, I'm looking forward to there it. There you go. You get a chance to actually talk to a professional uh, in Cliff Avery. <laughs> what? What? When you think about Cliff Avery's impact on this football team, uh, what first comes to mind? I think I think that one more Super Bowl would have been won if he doesn't get hurt against New England. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. an interesting point to yeah. think about. We don't, you know, we obviously have a few other things about that game we tend to talk about yeah. up here. Yeah, but that's a great but, but, point. But you guys remember what was happening at that point. Mm-hmm. He and he and Michael Bennett were wreaking havoc inside. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolute havoc. Brady couldn't step up. He was struggling. The lead had grown, you know, to what it looked like a controllable lead because of the defense. Even though you know it's Brady. But he gets hurt, and that changed the dynamics of the pass rush. And Brady all of a sudden had that extra, the extra flick of time that he needed. Mm-hmm. And when he gets that, we all know the, actual, the the outcome of what he's going to do. We can say whatever we want. We can make all the jokes about Tom Brady. You know, I know he's catching a rash of them right now for the outfit to the Met Gala <laughs> the other day. I, mean, I realize so. all that. We can say whatever we want. <laughs> Bottom line is, no one wants to play against him. Yeah, okay, yeah. he he is he's one of the best that's ever done it. And that would be inarguable for the rest of the time we actually play this great game. That's who he is. But when he got hurt, when Cliff Averill got hurt, that pass rush changed. That gave them an opportunity, and they seized it and won it. Yes, there are plenty of other things to talk about, but that's the first thing I think about because I don't think Cliff will ever get his absolute due as a player and how impactful he was on, on the game because, remember, the Seattle defense was such a collective you know, we can talk about all the great players, but you think Seattle defense and you start listing a bunch of guys so no one gets that full where we this person stands out, That that's what happened with Cliff Averill. And people also may forget he was an absolute professional in his time in Detroit. He was on part of that horrendous run there that they had and still put up a, a nice season, still played it all the way out. That's what I'll remember about Cliff Averill. It's a great point about the the Super Bowl too. And I was just looking this up. It was the third quarter when he gets knocked out? Yeah. And and yeah. And, and then what happens in the fourth quarter? Brady has the greatest fourth quarter in Super Bowl history until he had the game against Atlanta two years later. But that's that's re- you know the other thing about April is until he got hurt last year. And boy, it's such a rugged, tough game yeah. to have nine seasons where he played. Yeah, you know, he was sixteen, 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 fifteen, sixteen. He played all the time. He was durable as all yeah. as could be. And think about that Detroit year where they went 0-16. Yeah. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm willing to bet Cliff played 16. Mm-hmm. I think he did. And, I... and, 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 you know, if you think about it, too, no one will ever 
I will never be one on record talking about guys not wanting to play, guys not being tough. Because anyone that steps out on that field is tough. I don't care who you are. But in an 0-16 season, if guys do get hurt, they don't tend to rush back. Okay, there tends to be a little bit extra time before you get back on the field because your incentive isn't there, right? You're not going to the playoffs, right? What difference is it going to make? I'm not saying, again, that guys are just flaking out, but it's also the type of year, usually 0-16 teams have a ton of injuries as well. It Mm -hmm. just kind of happens that way. The better teams don't have them. Some of it's luck, but some of it's that great dynamic that's going on, and guys that may be out for two weeks might only be out for one for whatever reason. You know, it just kind of kicked in that way. Cliff Averill played it all the way out. Think about this. Think about that as a professional. Yeah, and then think about this. That 0-16 season was his rookie season. He played 15 games. Tough way to break into the league, but look what he made of himself after that. And, 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 you know, we always talk about getting guys from other squads, like when you're putting together your rebuild, okay, whatever organization it is. They love to get those veteran guys or even the young guys who have a history of winning, all right? You often hear that from, from programs. Like Atlanta at one point was, was touting how many captains that they had of their college programs on their team. Other teams say, well, look at the winning records of guys and the programs that they came from. They love to have that in the locker room. Well, you're coming from a, a program that was 0-16. That's not a big selling point for you. But he was able to transcend that and not bring that negativity with him and be part of something that was truly great, and that's what it was in Seattle. I know people talk about we can argue all day long about dynasty, not dynasty. Look, in this league, when you go to playoffs year in and year out, Think about think about basketball when you play the extra games, right? With the additional wear and tear, it's harder and harder every year to come back because you've played longer than other people. That's what Seattle had going for them and played for two championships and won one of them. No one can no one can ever dispute this, and this is the greatest thing about about making this point because we'll never know. They, I don't think they win a Super Bowl if they don't sign Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett. I just don't think it ever happens. Yeah. They had a great defense already before. What they were lacking, though, was two guys. That you got, people got to remember this. They didn't even start the year they won the Super Bowl. They came off the bench. They and and yep. they played a, a ton. But those two guys, they were the missing the the last two missing pieces uh, from that defense. Were those two guys? They all end up becoming a, a great friends. You know what I like about him even more, Charles? I mean, he's a he was a yeah. fantastic football player. He's a great yeah. teammate. I think it's the stuff he does off the field. We don't talk a, yeah. enough about players in sports what they do off the field. We focus too much on the negative, and he is really giving back to the community. And he's he's not just putting his name on something like he really is True. involved in everything. Yeah, he, you know, he's, one of my favorite shows is Billions. I don't know if you guys oh, watched that. Yeah, I'm, I'm addicted right, to it. With, Love with, it. With, with Axe, right? Yeah. You remember a couple seasons ago, Axe was buying, you know, he's trying to buy his name onto different places. Remember sure. what he was donating to have his name on this and take someone's name off of it? <laughs> Correct. It's a great point just made about Cliff. He's not putting his name on something with a check. He's putting his check and good works to use, not mm-hmm. just in the community there in Seattle, obviously in Haiti. You know, building homes for people, go on and on. When I see stories like that and I realize they don't get the publicity that they should, we always end up back with a negative story and it it plays longer, and I feel lesser about myself if I'm a part of that, that I should be more on the side of, no, we're not talking about that knucklehead over there. Let's talk about what Cliff Averill did in Haiti. Let's talk about what Cliff Averill did in Seattle. There's got to be more of that, and I know it sounds moralistic, and I think all of us are nodding. Like, if you're driving somewhere now, yeah, 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 you're exactly right, you're exactly right. Yet as soon as the negative story breaks out, 
we gravitate towards yeah. them. It's just mm-hmm. kind of who we are. It's almost like a car wreck. You say, don't look, don't look. Ah, I'm watching. And that's why we rubberneck and slow down and, and, and jam up the highway. It's just kind of a human nature thing, and I point at myself first before I point at anyone else. You know, and speaking of that, I'm getting word that they're actually going to change the name of the Space Needle to the Cliff Averill Needle, so maybe <laughs> maybe we're starting to see now the real side of this guy, and oh my God, it's terrible. It's, you know, um, I, certainly, I certainly hope so. That would be a terrific thing, and I hope he didn't have to pay what Axe had to pay for that building to no. get his name on it. <laughs> that, that's so funny. That's such a great reference. I just love the fact that, I mean, you, you know what you are? You're, you're perfect. You, you really are perfect. You you love '80s movies. You love football. You love golf, and now you love billions. I I could spend the rest of the segment talking about billions with you, but you but and I I'll would probably be what, the only ones interested. Well, I've got to get to Seattle and come hang yeah, with you guys. For sure, we can hang on on and off air because yeah. it sounds like we all have a lot in common. So you know, given given the fact that they fired me to bring Averill in, I got lots of free time. <laughs> I'm going to have all the time in the world, Charles. We can go over to the Cliff Averill Needle, and I'll buy you a cocktail. Well, if Cliff's Cliff, the guy we say he is, he's going to have you back uh, frequently. So. Uh, I'm so happy for him, and it, it, it's a cool thing. For this station to get a guy who just, I mean, I'm going to assume Mondays at 10 a.m. is going to be a huge time for people to listen, because if there's a guy who's going to be better positioned to talk about what happened on Sunday than Cliff Averill, I don't know who it would be. I'm just glad that he's coming to hang with you guys and that he didn't target my job because then I'd be yeah. hanging with you. Yeah, so that's true. Be that. Um, okay, we, we, before we before we play our play our movie clip, I mean, we got to talk yeah. about it. I mean, what 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 was he wearing? I mean, my God, Brady. I mean, what was that? He, I, I, have you ever seen? <laughs> he's wearing what Giselle, he's wearing what Giselle told him to wear. Well, okay, you've seen you've seen the movie you've seen the movie Hunger Games, right? Oh God, yeah. Yeah, he looked like Stanley Tucci. I mean, he looked—it was, it was <laughs> unbelievable what he looked like. I mean, the the jokes were—I I will say this, you know, Twitter we know can be a mean place. Right? Yes. We, we we know that. Twitter can also be a place where you know, if you're not the butt of the joke, it can be. I mean, some people's creativity with oh, stuff hilarious absolutely blew me away. Oh. And again, I'm trying not to be hypocritical about because it it's no fun <laughs> when you turn on Twitter and people are just destroying you and you're just like, well, who you? Well, kill someone else. I can laugh at them. I don't want to be that. But I will say when I saw Tom's outfit, I was like, wow, that's, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a gutsy call right there. You know what I mean? And here's the thing, Tom Brady sitting somewhere in this world, uh-huh. Not giving a single yeah. f yeah. what we think. Counting his and money. And, go, oh, what did and, you say, Charles? I'm sorry. Nor I, should he? <laughs> I couldn't hear and you over all the hundred dollar bills I'm counting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you, and by the way, did you see his bride's outfit? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, doesn't uh, matter what I'm wearing. Do uh, you see her? Right. Uh, we, I win. Yeah. By the way, bye guys. I win. Yeah. See ya. And and he does. So more power to him. All right. Uh, we'll leave you with a uh, with a golf clip. Of course, my one of my favorite tournaments is going to start tomorrow. In fact, I think it's my second favorite tournament after the Masters. Players. I love the players. Uh, yeah. And really, is have you played that course? No, no, Charles. I I don't have money. I, I couldn't. Play okay, listen. You, one day you gotta go play TPC there and take your shots at the at the island oh, green. Yeah. But the course itself is tough. Oh, it looks okay, don't let anybody fool you, even for the pros. Yeah. That is a brutal course. I think Tiger's only won there once. Uh, and you remember when in, in his yeah. prime. I 2001? Think once or, yeah, I think yeah. so. It's either once or twice max. Yeah. And I think that's where Hal Sutton got him. Be the right club yep. today. Yep, that's a great I think that's where Hal got him, too. All right, so. uh, our 80s movies cli- uh, movie clip takes us uh, back to one of the best movies of all time, uh, Caddyshack, Ty Webb, Carl Spangler, playing through. Can I say something to you, Frank? Ty, Frank, 
You've been acting psychotically lately. What the hell? Why? Well, I've been a little under strain. I got a plate of smells tomorrow. Smells? Money match, no. The thing you do with smells is, he bothers you, I'll take care of him. What you got to do with the smells is, you cut the hamstring on the back of his leg right at the bottom, <laughs> and never play golf again. Carl. Because he goes back, his weight displacement goes back, and he stays there. All his weight's on his right foot, he's going to be pushing everything off to the right. He'll never come through on anything. He'll quit the game. That would work, and I'm, I'm going to call you if I need that help. But seriously, no BS. You ever want to rap or anything? You know, just talk or just, you know, get weird with somebody. You know, buddies for life, I think. I'll drop by. You drop by my place anytime. Good. What's your address over there? You're around Briar, right? Briar. Uh-huh. Two. You got a pool over there? We have a pond in the back. We have a pool and a pond. A pond would be good for you. Natural spring. Oh. Yeah, or, or you know, a pool and a pond. Anything would be good. Well, I'll tell you what. I'm going to clean this up. You go ahead and clean up a little bit. It looks oh. fine to me. <clears throat> Thanks for the dope. Oh, there it is. Thanks for the yeah, tie web, Carl Spangler. I love that one. And, and I'm going to let you, obviously we're leaving. Yeah. I'm going to get, you know, I typically have a backstory to our movie oh, stuff. Yeah. I've got one for you today. Okay. Give it to me. Okay. There's a book out now. I don't know if you've seen it called Caddyshack, the making of a Hollywood Cinderella story. I have not, but now by, I'm going to go get it. Please get it. Okay. It's by Chris. Nashawati, N-A-S-H-A-W-A-T-Y. And what he did was he went back and did the entire story of the making of Caddyshack, oh. including the people who came up with it, did it, but their backstories, their lives, how they got there. Remember, this kind of grew out of the Harvard Lampoon, mm -hmm. which became the National Lampoon. These were the guys behind it, okay? One of the key guys behind all of this, a guy by the name of Doug Kenny. Now, you may not know Doug, but in the movie Animal House, you remember Animal House? Oh, yeah. You remember, you remember the stork? Uh, yes. The guy who played the stork, remember he grabbed the baton and yes. took the band down the, down the corridor? <laughs> yes, yes. He was like, what do you think you are, a mo you moron? Remember? <laughs> yeah, what yeah. What supposed to do, that, you moron? That, that's Doug Kenny. That's Doug Kenny. He's one of the principal guys behind all this stuff. And this book, I grabbed it, read it in, in a single day. Get this thing. You will absolutely love it. And that scene there with Cat with 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 uh Chevy and Bill Murray yeah. was not originally in the movie. Hmm. They kept getting the rushes back to LA and they kept saying, How come Murray and and and, and, and Chevy are not in a scene together? Because they were the hottest things going at that time. You gotta get a scene for them. And that's how they helped create the scene. And none of Murray's scenes were truly scripted. They were all concepts. Turn on the camera, go. And that's what Murray did during that time. And the last part about that is those two were on Saturday Night Live together and at the making of that movie hated each other. Yeah. <laughs> They'd had an actual fist fight at Saturday Night Live and they were not thinking about putting them in any scenes because they knew there was tension. And they put them in the scene and those guys ended up making, you know, breaking bread and kind of getting back to being okay oh. with each other. But to hear Chevy Chase describe the scene in the book and what went on during that time, it's terrific. So get the book. Okay. I'm telling you, it's terrific. Charles, great stuff. We'll, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good one. You guys be good. Take care. There thanks he is, uh, thanks for the dope, Charles. Yeah, thanks for the <laughs>
<laughs> I'm say it every time I see him now. Oh God, I love that movie more than anything. <laughs> that movie, it just they it were, ne- they, it they never were, gets old. They were they were all they all admitted they were all doing coke. Oh, I'm, yeah, like sure. the whole time that, that because people are like it's such a guy. I, I think it, it oh. has moments, but there's times when you can tell there wasn't a lot of control over any of this. They oh. were making it up as they go, God, and it's, it's amazing what they came up uh, with. So good. Uh we have some breaking news uh, on the Seahawks. I wouldn't say it's major. We'll touch Whoa, on. Oh, really? Uh, well, I'll just do it now because uh, breaking cause, news because Gary Hill going to join us coming up next. Gary on the call last night on the radio, him and Rick Riz. Uh, Gary, of course, uh, the, we've talked about this before. Classmate over at Washington State, the Murrow School of Communication. Uh, he's on the call filling for our guy Dave Sims uh, doing the radio. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting. Maybe there was someone that had this first. I'm, I apologize. Uh, the Seahawks and Brandon Marshall. Not uh, They're bringing in Brandon Marshall for a visit. Uh, the, uh, the old veteran wide receiver. To kick the tires on if a guy who's, I don't know how long has he been in the league, 13 years, can uh, have some time left on the old uh, uh, tread left on the tires. He's coming to visit. He's coming to visit there with the Seattle Seahawks. Gary Hill, uh, one of the best who's ever graduated from the Murrow School of Communication, uh, now on the Mariners broadcast, uh, filling in, doing a great job as uh, Dave Sims recovers. Also was in when Rick Riz was uh, recovering as well. And by far and away, of all the broadcasters that sent out a picture of their scorecard last night, his was the best. It looked the, the cleanest. And, of course, because he went to the Murrow School of Communication. Gary Hill will join us coming up next. Back to Puckett and the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. Hi, welcome back to the radio program. Puckett Gas uh, with you. Lunch with listeners coming up at the top of the hour. Brought to you by Other Coast Cafe. So we were joking uh, earlier in the show about when we found out that when James Paxton uh, had his no hitter. Now joining us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline, the uh, he was voted as the top graduate for the Murrow School of Communication out of Washington State University. <laughs> Mariners broadcaster Gary Hill Jr. Now Gary was on the call obviously last night with uh, his buddy Rick Riz and and we and Gary is Riz doing okay with the arm injury at the basketball? Yeah, he's great. Okay. He's been able to play through. We're, we're going to Minnesota later on this trip, too. Oh. He swears he's not going to play basketball again. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be honest. We're, no we're one's be fine. Gary, you know ratings. No one's listening right now. Um, are, did, did anyone put a kibosh on all of the extracurricular activities with Mariner broadcasters and playing sports? No, no one hasn't. <laughs> but uh, I think it's just well understood. Yes. <laughs> right. They should put the kibosh on it themselves <laughs> and just stop being idiots. Yeah, that's right. So I it's found... Itself, yeah. So, so I'm doing chores. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing chores yesterday. I've got you guys on, and I'm and I'm kind of, I'm fixing a lawnmower that I I can't fix. And so I got you guys on the back. I'm listening to it, and I was I admitted to these guys when we started the show. And we have a thousand texts that have come in. Like, when did you find out Paxson had a no hitter? And I didn't realize, even though listening to it and paying attention to it, but it's in the background that it wasn't until the ninth inning when I sat down and I realized, oh, my God, he's got, he has a no-hitter. Gas found out after the game. Jackson found out with two outs to go in the ninth inning. When did you find out? <laughs> I found out uh, first pitch. I was like, he's got something going. This is special. <laughs> you, you know, in, in, all, in all seriousness, when did you think that to yeah. yourself? It's yeah. usually a couple innings in where you go, hey, you know what? I mean, you know, you know there, there's the old joke. I mean, who, there was an announcer was it used to say, well, there goes the no-hitter, like in the second <laughs> inning. It's a few right, innings. Right. When, when did it kind of dawn on you to go, you know, this, this feels a little different? You know, 
it was early for me, uh, way earlier than than I expect. I mean, those things they never happen, right? I mean, right. this they never happen. But coming off his last start, where he had sixteen punch outs, he was so dominant. And then into this one, just kind of watching his stuff early, and his stuff was great again. And even his walks, I mean, he really got squeezed in a couple of those. I thought early on, he ended up walking three, but really, what one was really legitimate, the four pitch to Kendrys. But uh, man, early, it's just this is—he's really good. And then you get to the fifth, and it's like, man, this could happen. And then the Seager play, the outfield plays, yeah. and, and and after the Seager play, I was like, this must be destiny. This yeah. is going to happen. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was it, amazing. It what was a, a night. It was a great stop, Gary, and then it was a it was a great pick by Healy. Gas mentioned earlier the emotion from Healy, you know, even after that play. Oh. For for you, even going back now, professionally, I would think this is the first one you've ever been a part of. Even going back in time in college and even in when you were doing some other games, had you had called had you ever called a no hitter before? No. I've never been on the call for a no hitter. This is oh. the first one I've ever been a part awesome. of. Which was spectacular. Gary, how did you handle it from the standpoint? Did you? Because on radio, it's tougher than TV. TV, you've got graphics. I have never bought into the. I think it's malarkey that oh, the broadcaster can't say anything. And I've said this uh-huh. before a million times. The late great Dave Niehaus once admonished me. Gas. How else am I supposed to tell people what's going on? And I kind of agreed with Dave. Uh, people are on Dave Sims about this. Well, Sims, they've had four no-hitters since Sims got here, so obviously he's not having a... How did you choose to handle it last night with, with informing people about the no-hitter? So I like to have fun with it. I like to be very clear about what's going on because, you know, people have to know what's going on. Right. Although I do everything except come out and say, hey, everyone, James Paxton has a no-hitter going. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, say it, I say it in a million different ways. Hey, Toronto, no runs, no hits. Hey, right. James Paxton, he's walked three. All uh, He's walked three, three base runners. That's it. You know, it's just hmm. a million different ways of saying, hey, he's got a no-hitter. That's how That's how I approach it. I'd be listening going, say it! Kind of say it! Yeah. <laughs> because how guilty would you, would? because I think Riz was on this morning with with, uh, with Chuck and Buck, and I think, I think Riz even noted this. He's like, yeah, I kind of do the same thing, kind of what you do. I, I, you know, I'm telling people, right. listen, Toronto doesn't have a hit. But I'm not saying James Paxson has a no hitter. I think his point to those guys was, I don't. What happens if I say no hitter and then the next, you know, next batter gets a hit? I I feel like I'm part of it, you know, that I'm part of the super the superstition not to ever mention it. But you guys do a good job of it. I think if people will pick it up, that he obviously hasn't uh, hasn't given up a hit. I mean, do you get do you when you're calling something like that? Do you, how nervous do you get? Do you have nerves? I didn't. I didn't have nerves till the ninth inning. Yeah, hmm. but of course I wasn't on the call then, and Riz was, so it was okay to have nerves, right? Did you push? It you should have at some point pushed Riz off, or you know, maybe injure him again, like you did in the basketball game, so you could call the ninth. Riz's arm yeah, is hanging I'll, by I'll a thread. Over, I'll take over now, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> let me let me have it from from now on. Yeah, this this will be good. Now, the ninth inning was so cool last night. Uh, it was. It felt like a uh, Rocky Five, where the crowd, he, Rocky got the the crowd to turn. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened in Toronto last night. That's it's, a great ball. The crowd, he, he got the crowd to turn. They were oh. cheering for him in the ninth to get the no-no. It was so awesome. Here's what you can do, Gary. Uh, I, I like giving good so people good. good ideas, so I'm going to give you a million-dollar idea oh. for nothing. The next time you're involved in one of these, 
Uh, here's okay. a phrase you could use in that way. At least I'll know what's going on. And yet, mm. but you could you could say, like for example, last night. Well, we're through seven, uh, and uh, uh, Ash has not successfully met Horsehide for the Blue Jays yet in a positive man. I'll go. Oh, I know what that means. They haven't got a hit yet. I know what he's saying right now. So work on that. Ash has not positively met Horsehide. Mm. I just wrote that down. That is perfect. You're, you're Tell me the code, you're, you're and welcome. everyone will know exactly what's happening. You're welcome, Gary. Gary uh, again, Gary Hill joining us. Gary Hill Jr. on the uh, he's a Mariners broadcaster on the call, uh, doing uh, work for there for the radio. Joins us on the Beacon Plumbing Hotline. Uh, voted number one graduate of the Murrow School of Communication at Washington State University. What do you do with the scorecard? Uh, I so I have transitioned to scoring on iPad now. Oh, so how millennial I, are you, Gary? Wow. I know. It's so great. I made the switch last year. It's, I'm very happy with it. So Let, let me interrupt I, you for I a second. what I'm going to do with it. I, let, me, let me interrupt you. If, uh-huh. if, if Rizzy had oh. to do that, is there any way he could? Like in an emergency, <laughs> if Rizzy, if you told Rizzy you got to keep scoring the iPad, what would Riz do? Oh. No, zero chance. He would stab me with his mechanical pencil. That's what, <laughs> that's what would happen. There's no... That would not happen. There's no way that's happening ever. Uh, so it's on the iPad. How do you? Yeah. What do you do? You can't. Can you frame the iPad? Yeah, what do you do? That's it. Uh, you, you can. I can print it out. I can do anything with it. Oh. I've already. I tweeted it out already. I saw it. It I, looks I great. It. I mean, so that's why it looks yeah, the best. Because I was telling Gas earlier of all the people that did the scorecard. Yeah. Yours looks the best, and now I know why. Because it was on an iPad. Exactly. Uh, yeah, I can print it out. I can do whatever. I can make changes after the fact if I wanted to. <laughs> you should make it a perfect game. <laughs> That's what I would do. Right. Yeah. Auction it off, man. Auction really off a couple copies guys. of it. Hey, perfect game. Yeah. I, that's a gas got a great idea. Let's auction it off. And let's uh, spend that money because, of course, over at Wazoo, we're inflating uh, ticket prices. We're inflating uh, attendance, mm-hmm. Gary. Let's, uh, let's, give back to the, uh, let's give back to the athletic department. I think you should do that. Well, that's the beauty of it. I can print out a million copies and just oh, tell everyone they have the single version. Yeah, that, that, yeah, They'll me. never know the difference. Or yeah. it could be like art, one of 100 kind of thing. I can sign it. Yeah, yeah let's, let's do that. Let's see what we can raise for. Hey, you know, in all the giddiness yeah. and all the excitement, I've kind of lost track. Are they playing today? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think they're going to I think they're gonna do it again here tonight. All right. <laughs> uh, we're here. They're here. We'll yeah. get together for game two. Why not? The Dome Stadium. Why not? Let's uh, get the game underway. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, sure. Gary, that's awesome. Uh, that's happy for you. Happy for obviously Paxton and, and for you guys as, as a team, but but you for as a broadcast to be able to be a part of that. Your first over, your first ever a no hitter. Awesome night uh, uh, last night. You guys were great on the call, and uh, go get him uh, later today. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to talk. To I don't you think guys. I don't think you, you you didn't feel like you were thanking us. You're like, oh, thanks. All right, I'll, I'm going to go grab lunch. He's a right big now. star now. Yeah, he's, he's got other star. things to do. You, you, you two, you two know I love you guys. Is, so is, I was I listening to happy. Is to Riz to Riz yesterday's talking about this Italian restaurant he's discovered in Toronto that apparently Gretzky goes to. I'm listening to this. He went there. Gas. I'm not kidding you. How long have you been in Toronto? Like, I mean, on this trip now, two days. Uh yeah, two days. He's been there yeah. four times, Gas. He's had four meals. He's at the literally same place. been to this Italian four times. He's going to go back there again today. I'm convinced of it. You've been on the road as long as Rizzy has. You find something that works, you just go. Why? Yeah, why reinvent the wheel? Yeah. Well, now there's been a no hitter too. It feels like he has to keep going back. That's there's true. no. There's no option now. Yeah. All right, Gary. We'll it's talk in the, the future. Got to keep doing the same thing. All right. We'll talk soon, buddy.
Sounds good. All right, there he is. Uh, Gary Hill, uh, Mariners broadcaster, on the call last night with Riz. Speaking of that, you know, it hit me, and I meant to mention this uh, earlier. I think, what's his name? Old hair boy over there at Root is done. <laughs> Why would we ever have him on again when we get Crabtree and get a guaranteed no-hitter out of the deal? Oh, that's true. Brad, you've been replaced by Curtis. Curtis yeah. is undefeated. Yeah, uh, the great stuff there from uh, Gary on the iPad. Huh? That's the, like the you make the transition because there's something about I love. I think a lot of people do like keeping score. Like when you're at a ball game, mm-hmm. it's one of the cool, cooler things about baseball. Right, you keep the scorecard. You can go back and because you don't do it for basketball, you don't do it for football. Right, I don't. Do they do it in hockey? I doubt it. Not really. Right? Yeah. No. It's one of those cool things. But that was awesome. Gary Hill, a marriage broadcaster, doing a great job. I'll come back uh, a little bit more on that. And also, we got to find out. Uh, Sounders Weekly last night with our host, the star of Sounders Weekly, Jackson Feltz. Also uh, with the, uh, the GM slash co-host uh, Garth Lagerway. We'll find out what happened last night on the show. And also, uh, they're playing today. So we'll get a little preview of that match coming up next. Poverty today. Now back to Puck It in the Gas Man on Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. Entertaining sports talk. All right, uh, real quick lunch with listeners coming up at the top of the hour. Your chance to win a gift card to the Other Coast Cafe. We're going to ask you two questions about uh, about James Paxson and his no-hitter. One, who gets the credit for his last two starts? Uh, his giving up dairy or the eagle landing on his shoulder? Mm-hmm. And if there, uh, it will be, we'll say that the 10th caller to correctly get the order of the combined six-person no-hitter. Lunch oh, with listeners. God, we'll be here till kay. dawn tomorrow. Well, people get, will just look it up. Okay, well, that's the yeah, Well, there you go. Well, I guess he's well, right. 10th yeah, person to get the combined mm-hmm. combined one. Okay, and then mm-hmm. also, who do you give the most credit to? Is it him giving up dairy or the eagle? Because really, as, as we noted earlier in the show, he's the first Canadian pitcher ever to give up dairy, have a legal an eagle land on his arm mm-hmm. to pitch a no hitter in Canada. No one's ever done it before. It's the very first. Elias uh, just confirmed it. All right, so that's what we have coming up. Uh, top of the hour, lunch with listeners. Your chance to win a gift card to the Other Coast Cafe. All right, Jackson, what was what was on the show du jour last night? Uh, really quickly, because we only have a minute here. Uh, I won't talk about the show. Uh, I noticed what he's doing there. Uh, yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Uh, we only have a minute. Oh, so I won't talk about the show last night. It was good. You can check it out on, on the com. If you're going to talk over me, why are we even doing this? I don't know. Uh, the iHeartRadio app, uh, so you can check it out there. It was a great show. Andrew Harvey, Garth Lagerway, Roger Levesque had a great interview with him as well. Uh, what I am going to take the last 30 seconds to talk about is the game tonight. Pre-game at 4 o'clock, kickoff at 4.30. Sounders going right back to the place of good and bad memories, Toronto, Toronto FC. So check that out here on our airways. We're cutting into Softie's show. Interestingly, we have already got, got, uh, got word that they are switching their whole formation and putting out an interesting lineup today. They're switching from the normal 4-2-3-1 to a 5-4-1 lineup looks to be uh, Bruin, Ikram, Delem, Christian Roldan, and Hanuel Buanet, which is an interesting top five in the attack, mm-hmm. and then a back five, including three center backs of Marshall, Svensson, and Alfaro. That's going to make for a very interesting match. Uh, some different looks from the Sounders tonight in the game. You know, we're getting uh, you know, the official word, maybe, but we kind of got the word from Schmetz with Softy earlier in the week, right? That they were thinking of maybe shaking yeah, things up a bit. It's funny because we, with Softy, he threw out there the 3-5 uh, three, uh, three, uh, yeah, three five two, and throughout there at four four two. This is neither of those. Mm-hmm. So they're doing something completely different, and it should be rather interesting with with this so lineup. Pre-game tonight, four o'clock. Yes. Hang on, I've got another question. Well, we gotta Don't go. Be, We're yeah, gonna be late. Just, just That's your fault. I gotta, no, we, gotta, we, gotta we gotta break. We don't That's have anything. Fault. We got nothing. It's not my fault. We got a break. 
uh, Toronto, like Seattle, really sputtering in the early part of this year, right? This is a chance for one of these two to get well a little bit. Yeah, and Toronto's getting well faster. They've been injured, but they're less injured now. Josie Altador not playing. He was the hero in MLS Cup 2017. Uh, but yeah, they're, they have seven points in seven games, so they're having a, they're having a tough start as well. They have now gotten past the CONCACAF fixture congestion, so they're right now mm-hmm. in the clear. You can explain to the program director why we're a minute late. Uh, lunch with yeah, listeners coming up with the uh, other Coast Cafe, your chance to win a gift card, as we'll swing it back to James Paxson, his historic night uh, last uh, yesterday uh, in Toronto. I, I was going to say last night and yesterday. I got it oh, all combined. One of those. Last night, yesterday. Uh, lunch with listeners, your chance to win a gift card to the other Coast Cafe.